morning, Coastal. How you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Happy New Year to everybody out there. Everybody excited about the new year? I can, I can tell you guys are ecstatic about 2019. I, I just feel it in this room. I, 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 know, I, I know what the problem is. You guys are like me, and you're depressed that Notre Dame lost last night. And uh, you're just trying to recover right now. I know I'm in. I'm getting counseling on Monday. It'll be okay. If you don't know, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan, and it was not a good afternoon, evening for us last night. So uh, anyways, but uh, excited to be here with you all today. And, and let me just say this. Listen, I, I believe that you're here for a reason today. Traditionally, across the church world, this is the least attended Sunday of the year, and uh, you chose to be in church on this day this year. I believe that God is going to do something amazing in your life today. I believe that God is going to speak to you. He's going to reveal some things to you. He's, he's going to do something new and something fresh in your life like never before. In fact, uh, let me kind of start like this. How many of you guys, okay, 2018 is ending, if you don't know that. Just letting you know, it's about to come to, to an end. How many of you guys are kind of a bit relieved that 2018 is ending? You're like, I'm, I'm ready to move on to next year. Quite a few, uh, yeah, people are, doctors are raising their hands and everything. I mean, they're just like ready to go, move on to 2019. And, and this is what I know is that I believe that God wants to speak some things to you and wants to do something fresh and something relevant in your life this year. In fact, there is this incredible verse in Isaiah chapter 43, and in fact, the entire chapter of Isaiah 43 is full of all these great promises that God has for his people, but there's one, there's actually two verses in particular that are really incredible that I believe will speak to us today. They're going to kind of propel us into what God wants to say to every single one of us as we move into 2019, and Isaiah chapter 43, starting in verse 18, it says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. And for some of you, that is going to be a, 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 something that's really, really important for you. God is saying, hey, listen, it's time to leave behind some things. There's some things that, that need to, to come to an end. In fact, uh, one of the things that I'm learning in life is, is you can't change how you began, but you can change how you end. And so, like, this part of life is over, but you know what? We're going into a new season of life. We're going into a new period of life. And you can transform how next year and the year after, and your legacy looks based on what you're doing. It says, do not dwell on the former things or the things of the past. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. He, God wants to do a new thing. In fact, why don't you say new thing with me on the count of three? One, two, three. New, new thing. Come on, say new thing. Come on, say it with some passion. Say, new thing. New thing. God wants to do a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? God says, I'm making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. And I believe that God is up to something, and he is wanting to do a new thing in your life. And, and he's saying, hey, listen, can you see what I'm trying to do? And I understand that there's some of you out there that are going, no, I can't see that. There's so many things that are in front of me right now. There are so many obstacles in my life that there's just no way I can see that. But God is trying to speak to you today. He's trying to speak to your situation. He's saying, listen. If you'll listen and you'll perceive it, if you'll gain some awareness, God is trying to do something new in your life. What he's basically saying is he's saying, hey, listen, pay attention to what I'm trying to do. I think it's interesting that the word pay and attention go together because it means it's going to cost you something to get that attention. 
For some of you, it's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some resources. It's going to cost you some, some not sleeping in every day to hear about the new thing that God wants to do in your life. Because here's what I know is most of us walked into 2018 and we made these things called New Year's resolutions. Let's be honest. How many of you all, and I got my hand up, made some resolutions in 2018? You said, you know what, I'm going to get healthier. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to spend more time with my spouse. I'm going to spend more time with my kids. You, you made some resolutions, and then throughout the year, those resolutions didn't come to pass, did they? Why? Because those were good intentions. And a lot of us, we go into every year with some really, really good intentions, and we don't need more good intentions in 2019. What we need are some God intentions. We need some things spoken from God into our lives that are saying, hey, this is where you're going to go. This is what you're to do. This is what I want to do in your life. And you run after that thing. And so I want to challenge you this year. I want to challenge you as we're going into 2019 that God wants to give you some God intentions in your life. But you've got to be listening and perceiving those things. You've got to pay some pri a price to be paid to hear those things from God. In fact, it's one of the reasons why on January 7th, uh, starting in the new year, after next Sunday, uh, that Monday, we start 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church. We believe that, that there are some things that God wants to do in your life that are only going to come from you saying, hey, God, I'm going to set aside some things that I like, whether that's social media or that maybe that's uh, a, a meal once a day. Maybe that's multiple meals. Maybe that's going, I'm going to do a Daniel fast where I'm only going to eat fruits and vegetables. Maybe that's a sugar fast where all you're going to do is eat sugar. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if that's possible, but I, I don't recommend that one. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a water. It's you saying, hey, I'm going to set some things aside, and I'm going to seek after God. Because I believe that, you know, we don't just talk about trusting God uh, with the first part of our day or the first part of our finances or the first part of our life. We believe that every single year we should set apart a portion of the year and say, God, I'm going to put you first so that you can bless the rest. And I think that one of the ways that God wants to speak to you is when you, you go, hey, I'm going to do some things this year. They're going to change the direction of my life, and, and I'm going to seek after you. In fact, every day, Monday through Friday from 6.30 to 7.30 a.m., this auditorium is going to be open. We're going to have a little devotional. We're going to have some worship. We're going to have prayer focuses every day. In fact, next weekend, you're going to get these books. They're going to help you focus in on what you should be praying for and how you should be praying. And, and I believe that if, if we'll individually and corporately come together and seek after the heart of God, God, God will show up in ways like we've never imagined in our life. And he will do some new things that we could have never perceived or imagined in life. And so today is kind of a, a little bit of a push towards that as we're moving into 2019. I believe that there are four things that God wants to challenge us in. And, and this year, moving into next year, there's four things we should be asking ourselves and asking God about there are really some questions that I think are these one thing kind of questions where God wants to speak. And so if you're taking notes today, the first question that I want you to ask yourself and ask God is, number one, what one thing do you desire from God this year? What one thing do you desire from God? If, you're to, if you were to go, if you were to have like the magic wand and go, hey, God, I want anything you want. God's like, hey, anything you ask, you can have. What is that one thing that you would ask from God this year? And in Psalm 27, David uh, asked for a lot of things from God, but David is considered a man after God's own heart. 
And, and David makes this prayer, and it's a beautiful prayer. He says in Psalms 27:4, one thing, one thing I ask of the Lord. This one thing is that I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of my days and to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David said, man, if there's one thing that I can have from God, the thing that I want from God is to be with God. I want to experience God's presence. I want to experience God's power. I want to experience him in my life. I want him to be all around me. I want him to be surrounded by him. I want to be with God above everything else in life. And so if I could ask for one thing from God, I want to dwell and live in his presence. So what is the one thing you desire of God? What's the one thing that you're rolling into 2019 you're going, this is what I desire. For some of you, maybe that thing that you desire for this year is, is you go, you know what? I have a friend and they are far from God. And my one desire from God is that God would use me to be a catalyst in their life for them to discover a relationship with God. Man, maybe that is your one thing. Maybe for others of you, your one thing is that you go, man, I've got an addiction or I've got a stronghold in my life. My one prayer is, is that I would quit this habit or I would break this addiction or this, this habit would fall off of my life. Maybe for others of you, your one thing that you would ask from God is you go, God, man, uh, would you heal my marriage? It's not going how I thought it would go. In fact, God, my one prayer is that you would fix my spouse because that's a lot of people's prayers right there, right? I'm just going to let the Holy Spirit speak here for a moment. <laughs> Maybe your prayer instead of being God fix my spouse should be God change my heart. And when you change my heart, you'll change me and it'll change my marriage. Come on, somebody. I think she's saying that's for you, G. That's what, that's what, that, that's what that meant. Maybe for some of you, your, your, your one thing would be, God, I, 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 need, I need rest. I need some peace in my life. Single people. Single people. Single people. <laughs> Maybe your one prayer would be like, find me a spouse, God. But maybe your prayer needs to be, God, help me be content with you. Because I'm not ready for a spouse until I'm satisfied with you. Maybe you're like me. My, my prayer this year is, is, is a prayer that Solomon prayed. God, give me wisdom. God, I need wisdom in leading this church and leading people, leading my family. God, I need you to, to speak Beyond my years of experience, I need to have that understanding. What is that one thing that you desire from God? What's that one thing that you could ask of him and it would be life-changing? Second thing, what one thing do you lack? What one thing do you lack? What is that thing that is missing in your life. And there's an interesting story in Mark chapter 10. There's a, there's a story of this, they call it the rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus and he goes, hey, master, what 
what do I need to do to have eternal life? Like, what is the secret to life? And Jesus responds to me and goes, hey, listen, you want to have eternal life? Follow all the commandments. And the, the rich young ruler goes, check, check, check. I've, I've, I've done all of those things. I've, I've followed all the rules. I've checked every box. I've dotted every I. I've crossed every T. And, uh, and, and Jesus looks at him and does something really, really interesting. He loves him. Before Jesus ever says the next thing to this, this gentleman, he loves him unconditionally, and, and he says this. He says one thing, not two things, not 10 things, not 25 things. He says this, one thing you lack. He says, go and sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasures in heaven. Then come and follow me. He basically goes, there's one thing that's standing in the way of you and me having this intimate, personal relationship. See, the thing that's standing in the way for you is the fact that you've relied on your resources and your things and your prosperity in all of your life instead of fully trusting in me. And, and he says, man, so this one thing you lack is you need to get rid of all that stuff. Then in verse 22, it says this, at this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. So check this out. God shows him the one thing that he lacked, and he was unwilling to do the one thing that was going to benefit him spiritually. And see, what I think has happened to a lot of us, and myself included, is, is God has shown us things that we should be doing, some things that we need to be obedient in, and we've gone, you know what, God, that is, I don't really, I like that area of my life. I don't want to change that area of my life. And so we've walked away from being obedient to God, and we're missing out on this intimacy with God, and therefore our relationship with God is lacking. And a lot of us, we're walking through life, and we're empty in this spot, and we're wondering, why are we not being full? Like, why are we not experiencing the relationship that we could with God? In fact, I, I had this conversation a little over a month ago. I was at the end of a, a connect group semester. One of the guys that was in my connect group said, hey, can we hang out after, uh, after our group on Thursday mornings over here at Carmela? And I was like, sure. And so we sat down, and he's like, man, Pastor DJ, I used to have this incredible relationship with God. I was like, really, tell me about it. He's like, man, every day I would... I was reading my Bible. I was doing a devotional. I was spending time in prayer. And he's like, since I moved to South Florida, you know, uh, I've gotten really busy and, and some things have been happening. And, and honestly, I'm not anywhere as close to God as I used to be. In fact, I'm questioning God a lot. And, and I said, I said so, so when you were in Texas, you were reading your Bible every day. You were seeking God every day. And, uh, and, and you were doing a devotional every day. And you said you were never closer to God. And then you stopped doing that. And now you're not. Bingo, that's what you're lacking. And for a lot of us, we go, man, I want this thing with God, or I used to have this thing with God, but all of a sudden you've stopped doing some things, or you've been unwilling to open up your life to some different things that are keeping you from experiencing all that God has for your life. For some of you, that, that's this idea of community. It's this idea of, hey, I'm going to get to know some other people who are pursuing God in a way that I want to pursue God like. Hebrews talks about it, that we would spur one another towards, on, towards love and good deeds. We need people in order to spur us on. It's hard you know, back in the day, Westerns, they used to wear these things called spurs. Have you ever tried to kick yourself in the butt with a spur? It's hard to do. Why? Because you don't want to hurt yourself. You need somebody else to spur you. You don't really want somebody rotting you and doing that. But I mean, it's, but you need some people in your life. 
Sometimes you need some accountability. It's really easy to start going off. And if you're lacking somebody that can go, hey, David, where you at, bro? Where you been? And we'll call you out and go, hey, why don't you come back into the fold? If, they, if you don't have that in your life, all of a sudden you're lacking that. And you just continue veering off until you're really, really far gone. And so what is the one thing that you're lacking in life? What is the thing that you need in your life? Every year uh, during our 21 days of prayer and fasting, I, I spend some time and I go, God, where are the areas of my life that I need to work on from, from a leadership perspective, from a spiritual perspective? And, 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 and I go, man, where is it? And God starts pointing out some areas. Then you know what I do every year is I find somebody who's really great at that somewhere out there in the world, and I call them up, and I say, hey, I will pay you money to come hang out with you and learn from you. Why? Because I've realized I'm lacking in something, and if I want something, it's going to cost me something to gain that. And I've just learned that anything that costs me something, I value way more. And so every year, this past year, man, I was traveling all over the country learning from pastors that had just gone in brand new facilities because I'd never gone in a brand new facility before. I need to learn what do you do? What do you not do? What do you say? What do you not say? Because I don't know. I was lacking. And so the question is, is, is what do you lack? What's one thing you need to ask from God? Number three is this, what thing do you need to let go of? What one thing do you need to let go of? What is that one thing that has got a hold of you still that is keeping you in a place that God is trying to move you from? What's that thing that's got a hold of you? The Apostle Paul in the New Testament in Philippians chapter 3 talks about this very, very powerful moment where he goes, man, I, I, I want to know God. Not like I want to know about God, not that I want more information about God, but he goes, man, I want to know God. I like want to have this relationship with God where like we are just super, super connected. And this is what he says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. He says, brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He goes, this one thing that I'm going to do, and you can almost see the strain and the action coming from the Apostle Paul. He's going, listen, there's some things in my past that I've got to let go of if I'm going to strain and move forward into the calling that God has for my life. And for all of us out there, there are some things that we're going to need to let go of back here to move into this year. You can look at Paul and go, like, what do you think Paul was holding on to? What was his past that was so strenuous, so, so painful that it was like, man, I'm, I'm having to let go of that and press forward. I'm having to push. It could have been the fact that he was killing Christians. It could have been the fact that he watched Stephen be the first Christian martyr out there. It could have been the fact that, man, he was bitter and angry because he had been beaten and shipwrecked and, and stoned and not talking recreationally. I mean, a lot of bad things had happened to this guy, and yet he's going, man, I need to leave all of that behind. And for a lot of us, the reason we're not moving forward in life is because we're holding on to the past. And it's almost impossible 
to drag your past into your future. And so if you want the future that God has for you, you're going to have to kind of let your past go and strain. It's going to take some work. That's why he strains. That's why he's working. That's why he's toughing it out. Because he's going, man, it's, it's hard to move on from it. I'm not saying this is an easy thing. I'm saying this is a difficult thing, but it's a necessary thing. And so what is it that you need to let go of? Maybe for some of you, it's some hurt. Maybe somebody hurt you in the past, and instead of leaving it in the past, you've brought it in your pre present. Listen, your past isn't your past if it's still impacting your present. And for some of you, your past is your present, and you've brought hurt and bitterness and rage into every single thing. And you're like, I don't know why I just exploded on you like that. Like you didn't even do anything that should have been explodable upon, but yet I did. It's because your past is still impacting your present. Maybe this year is the moment you need to let go of that thing. Maybe for others of you, it's a failure, and you've looked at your life as, I failed in that thing, so therefore, I'm a failure. Because you failed in something in the past does not make you a failure in the present. All that means is you learned an expensive lesson. And so instead of looking at that and allowing it to define you, why don't you allow it to build you? And let go of that thing and move forward in the destiny that God has for your life. Maybe for others of you, 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 you look at your life and you're going, man, you know, I just let myself down. Every year I've said I'm going to do this and I haven't done it and I'm just a loser and I'm just a loser and I'm just a loser. No, you're not. That was your past. That does not have to be your present, nor does it have to be your future. You can let go of how you let yourself down and move into something new. And so what is that one thing that you need to let go I mean, Disney has taught us to let it go, right? Let it go. I won't sing it for you because I, like, I put her to shame, but, you know. We need to let it go. Let it go. You're in a new day, and God is doing a new thing. Don't bring your old into the new. fourth question is this, and this is, this is one I think is, is important for this year, is what is one promise from God that you need to claim? What one promise from God do you need to claim this year? You know, David, again, is somebody I love to study, and he's considered a man after God's own heart, and he made a lot of foolish decisions and made a lot of bad choices. But there's, there's a promise that he speaks of in Psalms 56, verse 9. And he says this. He says, this one thing I know, God is for me. At this point in his life, Saul is chasing after him, trying to kill him. He's acting like a madman. In the Philistine camp, he's made a lot of bad decisions. And on top of his bad decisions, he would compound them by making even worse decisions. Some of you, that's the story of your life. But even in the midst of the worst decisions he has ever made, he says, this one thing I know, God is for me. He goes, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know where I'm going to go. I've got a promise that I'm going to be a future king. Right now I'm a fugitive. 
But in this moment, I know that God is for me. He goes on to say, I'm trusting God. Oh, praise his promises. I'm not afraid of anything mere men can do to me. Yes, praise his promises. He's basically saying there's a lot of things I don't know in life. There's a lot of things I can't comprehend in life. But this one thing I do know, this one thing I do understand that God is for me. God is for me. And he's, what he's also saying is he's saying, hey, listen, God is for you too. And his promises are for you as well. And I believe that this year God is going to give some of you a promise that as you're going through literally the midst of hell, that promise is going to be the thing that's going to sustain you as you're passing through. That promise is going to be the thing that is going to keep your eyes focused on the heavenly prize that God has for you. Because you know that in the midst of that, that God is with you. You know, we don't, we don't tell our story a lot, but... Uh, Shayla and I have had uh, a hard time over the last 18 years. We've been married 18 years, almost 19 years. And uh, at about year seven, we, we got diagnosed with not being able to have children. And doctors actually said that we have a point zero 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 few more zeros, like 1% chance of ever having children. And in essence, this doctor was like, you ain't ever having kids. And it's difficult in life because I look around and go, man, we're, we could be incredible parents. People that don't even want kids get kids. We want kids. We can't have them. And through all the heartache and all the pain, there's, there's been a promise that we've stood on, even though we haven't seen it come to fruition. When we're in pain, when we're hurting, when I'm, when I'm in one of those difficult moments, I always go back to a promise. And I thought I would share it with you today because it's, just an incredible, incredible verse out of Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12. And it says, and this is what will happen when you on your part will obey these directives, keeping and following them. And here's the important part about God's promises. Every promise has a premise. God promises something, but there's action on our part that needs to take place. God on his part will keep the covenant of the loyal love he has made with your ancestors. He will love you. He will bless you. He will increase you. He will bless the babies from your womb and the harvest of grain, new wine, and oil from your fields. He'll bless the calves from your herds and lambs from your flocks in the country. He promised your ancestors that he'd give you. You'll be blessed beyond all other people's no sterility or bareness in you or your animals. God will get rid of all sickness. And every time I'm going through one of those moments where I'm like ready to throw in the towel, I go back to God's promises. It's been one that I've been hanging on to for 12 years. And it sustains me. And it nourishes me. It gets me fired up that I'm going to be a farmer. Hasn't happened yet. They don't, they don't, 
don't really like that in my HOA, you know, but it's. But I listed in your, your worship God there today, some of God's promises to remind you that God is a promise maker and that God's a promise keeper. And here's what I know is that maybe you're in a situation like me where you haven't seen that promise fulfilled yet. Sorry, I'm about to get a little preachy, but sometimes the only way that promise happens is through some things like prayer and fasting. Some of the breakthrough that you're longing and waiting for doesn't come through the ordinary. It comes through doing something extraordinary. Some of the things that you're needing in your life aren't just going to happen through happenstance. They're going to happen because you fought and sought God. In fact, in the book of Daniel, it talks about that, that God is answering prayers, but they're held up in the heavenlies because we're not fighting a fight just against flesh and blood, not just what we see, but we're fighting a battle that is spiritual as well. And God's promises, in fact, in, in 2 Corinthians, it says the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. There are some eternal things that are happening right now that are, that are taking place in a spiritual realm that if you're not willing to battle in that spiritual realm, you'll never see it in the physical realm. And I believe that this year, if we're going to see the greatness of a God manifest in our lives in ways like we've never experienced, we're going to have to do some things that we've never done. We're going to have to seek God harder than we've ever sought. We're going to have to pursue him with a passion that we've never had. We're going to have to cultivate those things in our lives. And listen, nobody can do that for you. We can set the table. We can create the space. But at the end of the day, that's a personal decision. Like, I wish I could just Jedi mind trick you all. Like, well, follow Jesus. It doesn't work that way. It would be awesome if it did, though. Can we get an amen right there? I mean, that would just be amazing. But for some of us, we're going to have to battle for those things. For others of us, those things are going to come like so easy. And we all hate you for it. So, <laughs> But I believe God is doing a new thing. The question is, is can you perceive it? Can you and will you? Will you pay the price for the future that God has for you?